You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, I think uh, Mother Nature partied a little too hard there on 420. Woke up to a snow and ice storm this morning. Looks crazy out here in central Ohio, here in Columbus. Let's start right at the top. There's a lot to get into. I've talked a lot about this stuff. I'm curious to get your takes on many things regarding the Buckeyes coming out of spring. Let's start with the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, what are your thoughts on how things played out during the spring, and how do you think things are going to play out this fall for the Buckeyes at quarterback? Well, to be honest, uh, I don't envy the position Jack Miller's in because it appears to me that C.J. Stroud is the guy right now. I, I, like Ryan Day won't say that, right? And he said, in fact, before the spring game, we are not picking a quarterback today, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's because he doesn't want the depth in his, his, his roster to, to leave and leave the transfer portal. I mean, that's what you're going to see as this one-time transfer becomes the official law of the land. I mean, it's crazy that, uh, you know, you have to keep re-recruiting your roster at a certain point. But I think right now Jack Miller's in an unenviable spot because it's clear the guy can play, right? He didn't, like, he's the kind of prospect that, like, 10 years ago, we as Buckeye fans would be like, wow, he's going to be really good. Maybe not this year, but he's going to be a two-year starter. He'll probably win the Big Ten. He's a good player, right? And that's not good enough when you have a guy in your class who's a top 50 overall player, a guy in the class behind you that just enrolled early that's a top 25 overall player, and a guy two classes behind you that's the number one player in the country with one of the few perfect ratings ever coming out of high school. So I don't envy Jack Miller's position because I he's going to need literally all five years of his remaining eligibility to have a chance to see the field on a consistent basis if the way that those rankings play out holds true. I thought Stroud was very good. I think he's clearly the guy. I thought McCord was impressive. The ball explodes out of his hand, right? I don't know if there's ever been a like more taken for granted top 30 player to come to Ohio State than Kyle McCord because we're all like, oh, yeah, we got a great quarterback. Woo-hoo! We've already got C.J. Stroud. We've already got Jack Miller. Here comes Quinn Ewers. Like, McCord is excellent he has all the physical tools i'm not convinced he's not the number two right now um but i do think for Ford miller he's in a spot where i don't know if he's going to be able to really earn significant playing time just because he's surrounded by so much talent he's the kind of kid where like you don't ever say oh someone's on transfer watch because i hate when you say that about a kid you want him to stay and you want him to compete right but he's the kid who has an uphill battle right now to get on the field at OSU. I think it's Stroud, and then I think it's a real question as to who the number two is after that. I'm with you. I think Stroud, I don't know if he's won the job already. I think Ryan Day, if you gave him some truth serum, would say, yes, that's my guy. I know it. 
<laughs> Ryan Day knows who his guy is right now. He's not going to anoint that to the world, but um, I'm sure he knows. I'm sure the staff knows, and I believe it's C.J. Stroud. And I think I will not be surprised if Kyle McCord is the backup quarterback this year. But I do think Jack Miller is going to stick around. I, I think they're going to, you know, uh, at least push the competition into the fall. And um, there's only three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. I think Jack Miller will stick around. All right. There were 15 early enrollees, guys that should still be in high school that enrolled. And I think three really stood out from the pack in no particular order. Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, and Jack Sawyer. I want you to comment on those three guys and maybe any other early enrollee that really stood out to you. Well, Sawyer was an absolute man-child out there. Like, I think we've all talked. And if you have been under a rock since the spring game, literally every article is like, yes, Jack Sawyer looks incredible. So... I, I think we, we could we could put all the platitudes out there and just say, look, the kid's living up to his recruiting rankings already based on what we've seen on the field. Uh, in a year where Zach Harrison very clearly seems to have figured it out, and you've got Tyreek Smith back at defensive end, you have three potential elite-level defensive ends at any point in time. You put those three on the field in a rushman package with Haskell Garrett, and there's no line in the country that's going to hold on for long. So – yeah, he's obviously a weapon. He's obviously incredible. It's fun to pull my 33 jersey out of the closet again. Um, and honestly, Jack Sawyer looks like he's going to be a beast. But I think the one that probably surprised a lot of people was Marvin Harrison. Uh, and not that we should be surprised that somebody named Marvin Harrison, because his dad is, yes, that Marvin Harrison is an athletic specimen. Uh, he's used to catching passes from elite quarterbacks, having played with Kyle McCord. I didn't realize he had grown two inches since we had last seen him. He looks like uh, he went from 6'2 to 6'4. And he looks like a totally different, dangerous player than we saw in his film because of that extra length he had. So he's a guy who, if he had been 6'4 the whole time through high school, might have been up there challenging for the top receiver in the country from the recruiting ranking. He was a guy who was already in the top, I believe, 50. So it's not like he was a, a, a low-rated recruit in the first place. He's an elite-level recruit in his own right. That was before he sort of skirted into ideal natural size. So that's a really exciting one um, to see. And I, I think he's a guy who – I don't know where all the, uh, all the reps are going to go at receiver at this point. It's not like you're going to take Wilson and Olave off the field. But you have all these other guys that are like, yeah, he needs to be on the field. Jamison Williams, JSN. Now you get, now, I mean – you got you got Harrison after the spring game. You're like, wow, and we've heard it all spring. So, and that doesn't include guys like Julian Fleming. It doesn't include guys like Emeka Buka, who looked good in his own right. He had one catch in the spring game, like Buka did, where he's running to his right and the ball's way behind him, and he literally turns himself around Calvin Johnson style and snags it. And I was always told to knock on him with his hands, not on that play. So, you know, those guys were impressive. And then there's Trevion Henderson, who you mentioned, who. At this point, I expect Henderson to get a lot of touches as the season moves forward. Um, and I think this year's version of Pop Borland or JT Barrett's going to be Master T. That's the one that the fan base is going to look at and go, he's a solid player, but we can probably do better. And there's going to be a lot of people who say, trust the coaches, veteran experience. It's going to be the same argument we had with Barrett and Borland, which is who we have is pretty good. And then the other half of it's going to say, yeah, but what we have behind him is probably better. And that's what it's looking like for poor Master Teague right now, who's a totally serviceable running back, but has some flaws in his game that are noticeable enough that you go, well, Meatball Williams and, and Trevion Henderson probably have more of an upside. 
and that upside might be here quicker if we give them more reps. So, you know, I, I think th- those were sort of the those were sort of the true freshman standouts that are the early enrollees, if you will. Uh, but honestly, this is going to be another sort of freak level class where I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a couple more kids start to work their way forward because let's face it, we already talked about Kyle McCord as well. He's another one who looked excellent. And if you're Ohio State under Ryan Day, I think one thing you can be sure of is you're going to be bringing in elite receivers and elite quarterbacks virtually every year. It's quickly becoming quarterback you, which is crazy considering, I mean, there were good quarterbacks at Ohio State, but never ones that were like elite, elite, elite that were like every year first round quarterbacks. Um, you know, maybe Dwayne Haskins will start that trend. You know, he was the first Ohio State quarterback to go in the first round since Arch Schleister in 1982 uh, to the Baltimore Colts. That's how long ago that was. And then Fields is going to go in the first round exactly eight days from now. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then we'll see if Stroud is next in line or McCord or Miller or whoever is next in line there. I think it'll be Stroud. It's just crazy to see Ohio State becoming quarterback you after really not producing any NFL quarterbacks for a long time. Obviously, guys got cup of, you know cups of coffee in the league. Bobby Hoyne, Joe Germain, Troy Smith, on and on and on. But uh, no one could really stick. Um, all right. I want to One thing about spring that I was really curious to see, Bax, was which unproven corners were going to step up? Not necessarily young corners, although a lot of them are young, but unproven guys. You know, Tyreek Johnson's entering his fourth year, former five-star recruit. He's unproven. Can he step up as a fourth-year junior? Demario McCall is a sixth-year senior moving to corner. He's certainly unproven. But some guys that I thought really stood out to me, a couple of, of redshirt freshmen that I think I'm, you know, not that I think, that I'm definitely excited about are Ryan Watts and Cam Martinez. Ryan Watts, six-foot-three, 190 pounds playing that outside corner looks great. Had an interception in the spring game. Cam Martinez is that slot corner, Michigan player of the year. Um, speaking of Michigan, we'll get to some things about that state and that uh, team up north here in a little bit. But Cam Martinez, stealing him out of Michigan was great. Um, so Ryan Watson, Cam Martinez really stood out to me in a positive way. What are your thoughts on those two? Tyreek Johnson, anybody else you think that's an unproven corner that you're excited about? Well, Ryan Watts has Patrick Peterson size. So let's start there. Um, there's not a lot of corners you see above six foot one that end up being able to be that fluid. So he is extremely exciting to me because he moved really well despite his size. You can tell that he's a big corner who doesn't seem to lose a lot of the mobility that you would think you would when you get to a certain size. Like that's why you see your corners that are five nine through six foot usually, because it's hard to turn and go with these receivers. So the receivers usually have a height advantage, but the corners usually on them like a glove. You got like Watts, who's six foot three and can do it. That's a scary proposition. So he, to me, of all the young corners, is the one I walked away by a mile the most excited about because of that size and the ability that he shows athletic. So Ryan Watts, to me, is, is right, my front runner right now to be opposite seven banks to start the year um, as, as, as one of the starting two corners. Uh, but there's a bunch of other guys that I think was interesting to see. Tyreek Johnson, I don't, I don't know what to think of him at this point. This guy he was a top 50 player. He was a five-star guy and just hasn't really done much since he's been at OSU. You know, and it's one of those things like, you know, Coop used to say, if a pup's going to bite, it's going to bite young. Um, I don't know if, if there's a bite there or not, but we'll see. You never know. Some guys, the light bulb comes on later than others. Um, it was fun seeing Demario McCall out there. You could tell he's very new at the corner position. There was one play early where he turned around. And he was like, "Oh crap, the ball!" Like you could see it. Like he was in position. His athletic ability got him there, but he, he had trouble turning around to find it and defend it. So 
I think there might be something there with McCall by the fall if he keeps working. Um, but I think he's got a ways to go too. And then Cam Martinez is a player who I, – I, I, he's one of those guys where ever since he's recruiting, everybody was like, wow, look at him on offense, 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 look at him on offense. And OSU's been like, look at him on defense, look at him on defense, look at him on defense, look at him on defense. I wouldn't be surprised, if, especially if Cam Brown doesn't come back healthy after last year's injury as quick as he'd like. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if we saw Cam Martinez on the field uh, more often than not, earlier than not. He's a guy who I think is going to play some. Um, I, I think maybe not right away, even with him. He's not as, as ahead of the, a group I thought like Watts was. But I think Cam Martinez is a player who's going to see the field this year for OSU. So those those young guys and unquote unproven guys, cause let's face it, Smith or Johnson and uh, McCall are young at this point. But uh, I think the unproven guys is an interesting start. There's also a setting where, you know, I said this before the spring game, it's going to be harder for the corners because there's not a ton of pass rush. You know, it's not really a, a called defense. It's pretty vanilla. So, you know, you saw some good things, and I think it's hard to get a really true gauge beyond kind of just watching the athletic abilities and the coverage abilities of some of these guys because this was not a called defense kind of game. All right, as promised, let's have a little fun. Let's uh, talk about Ohio State's rivals to the north. It is an absolute mess in Ann Arbor, even more so than usual, Bucknutters. We have a thread right now. We were just talking about backs, and I were just talking about how Ohio State is now quarterback U, which is crazy, OSU being QBU. We have a thread on, on uh, the front row message board started by Brutal Brutus OSU. Brutal Brutus OSU. I would advise everybody to go check out this thread. It says, Michigan is transfer portal U. Michigan is transfer portal U. Now, he spells Michigan with an X, so he didn't really say Michigan. Uh, it, it really is. If you guys haven't been following, and this is nothing new, but it's like somebody, you know, they just lost so many guys to the transfer portal. It's unbelievable. Steve Dace's latest podcast lays us out so well, the Michigan podcast. We've had him on the Bucknuts Morning 5. He speaks the truth. They are a complete mess up there. They have a coaching staff that's like a bunch of rookies, basically. Backs, I'm thinking four and eight. I think I might be being kind to them saying they're going to be four and eight. Um, they're just, it's a complete mess in Ann Arbor. Four and eight's kind. And I haven't forgotten how they kind of backed out of getting murdered by OSU this past season, which we all know was coming. Um, yeah, those who stay are fools at this point. Um, I, I don't know how to put it any better than this. Then Jim Harbaugh has been an abject failure. Since his hiring, since they lost in 2016, where they were complaining that JT Barrett didn't get a first down that he blatantly got, they have been awful. They haven't win, been winning bowl games. They haven't been winning anything res, remotely close to the Big Ten East. And then now their program is in free fall. I think recruits are seeing through this whole uh, Harbaugh extension that isn't really an extension. They're seeing a young staff that doesn't have any experience. It's hard to sell on, on to recruits. Uh, you, you have them talking about how great their running back room is. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait, what? Like, they, they, their delusional fans still seem to think that they have anything close to the talent that OSU does because some of their former players who transferred say that Michigan had enough talent. False. Wrong. Like, their number three player in their last recruiting class couldn't even get into school. So their recruiting class, which is already miles behind OSU, got miles further behind OSU. They're a program right now 
that is a dumpster fire. They're a program right now that their, their great hope at quarterback was a reject from OSU. And I, I, I put it that bluntly because it's true. J.J. McCarthy committed to Michigan 11 days after Kyle McCord committed to Ohio State. Both were on Ryan Day's list, and Ryan Day picked McCord, plain and simple. They're a program right now that is legitimately at risk of losing on opening day to a good Western Michigan team that brings back a lot of talent. I would not be surprised whatsoever if this Michigan team was one of the worst in the conference this year which is probably inexcusable based on the rough talent level, but is totally predictable based on the awful culture that is going on up there. There has never been a program more screaming for change than the one in Ann Arbor. And they're just whistling past the graveyard right now up there about it. Yeah, it's transfer portal U, because who wants to stay? And with this one-time transfer that has no eligibility losses available, you could see a giant exodus of players out of that program over the next six months before they inevitably do what we all know they're going to do and ax Harbaugh. If they keep him after this season, I will be shocked because they're not going to compete. Great stuff, as always, from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope all of you have a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag by Stan Band in the land. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.